This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for December 13th. This is episode 1586. Good morning, Horse World. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday... And it doesn't get much better than best conditioned. And completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. But don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood tree. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this Tuesday morning. Hey, Karen, welcome back. Good morning. It's good to have you back. And of course, Karen is here the second Tuesday of every month talking endurance and all things distance riding. And that's what we're talking more about today. I think distance riding than endurance today. Exactly. You know, and what what's really fun about it is all the people that I've gotten to meet, like I just recently this last week went up to Reno to hear Samantha from the Nevada Discovery Ride give a talk about her 1,100-mile ride around Nevada, which is really cool. And when you just played that song, Don't Fence Me In, that was one of the things that she encountered that caused a couple of problems for her was the fences that have gone up um, from uh, the ranchers and stuff that are basically fencing us in. So basically, you need to have a jumping horse, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because then you can get across the cattle guards. (laughs) (laughs) Cattle guards are no fun either, because really, horses shouldn't be walking on those either. So Exactly. No no kidding. I know. I know. You just need to be able to clear about five-foot barbed wire. The thing is, you know, if that goes bad, it goes really, really bad. Oh, no kidding. And when you're out there in the middle of nowhere, like she was with no cell phone service, she was able to ride 1,100 miles around Nevada, all on uh, public land. I mean, how cool is that? There's not very many states that you could do something like that in. And she did it on her BLM um, adopted Mustangs. Now, she's the one we had on before? Yes. Did she have a slideshow too? So she was showing you pictures? She did. Was it beautiful? It was awesome, you know, and she encountered this, I mean, humongous bull elk or moose. It was a moose, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, elks just don't have the same presence a moose does, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and a lot of other wildlife. She said she never even saw another person on a horse the entire time. Wow. But she did, was she, she's the one that she said she was camping the whole time too, right? She was. Her boyfriend had a truck, or her husband, and met her 
um, each night for camping. They didn't have a trailer or camper or anything. So, yes, they were in a tent. Uh, They were accosted by wild horse herds. She said almost every single night the wild horses came into their camp and they had to chase them off. Who would have thought on a horse trip the horses were going to be the biggest problem? (laughs) You know? (laughs) I know. <laughs> yeah, you think bears and all that stuff. Nope, it's the wild horses that were an issue. <laughs> they were, they were. She had pictures of them, and it was just, you know, an incredible experience, I'm sure, for her that she'll remember forever. And, uh, you know, she was in the military, and she served terms overseas in the, you know, recent conflicts. And so I think these are the kind of people that are, I think, confident enough and strong enough to go out And just ride their horses across the country for, you know, a couple months at a time, you you know, away from everything uh, and 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 just do those kinds of adventures and stuff. And for me, it's really fun getting to meet people like that. I've been listening to a podcast. It's about hiking the Appalachian Trail, and he's been having people on who have done it. And uh, Uh there's a common thread with the people he's had on. And that is they're all a little off bubble. Oh, a little bit <laughs> that, off bubble, you know. That that makes sense. <laughs> yes, I was just telling a friend about is it a walk a walk in the woods with yeah, Robert Redford yep, and yep. Nolte? Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? That was the book that inspired this guy at the age of sixty one yeah. to do his hike. Oh, uh, cool. To do his App- Appalachian Trail hike. And uh, I've been thoroughly enjoying listening because he's an engaging guy. And we've become friends, actually. He lives here in Florida. But he's an engaging guy. And he's been uh, talking to these other people who hike the trail. And it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to listen to. But now the Mongol Derby, of course, is another one of those. And our own Leslie here from Monday's shows uh, has signed up and been accepted. And yesterday, you have to listen to the last half hour of yesterday's show, Karen. Any, any endurance rider has to listen to this. We had on a girl, friend of Jamie's, who had done it before and had done it two years ago and successfully completed the Mongol Derby. And it was her and Leslie talking wow. and answering all Leslie's questions and scaring the crap out of her. So... <laughs> 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 you know, just the food and all of that stuff is like, uh, you know, there ain't nobody. Your husband isn't meeting you every night, you know? No. <laughs> no, and those little ponies, they look pretty ornery to me. No, they, you, you have to listen. Any endurance rider listening right now, go back to horsesinthemorning.com and listen to Monday's episode from the 12th. The last half hour is just classic. It was actually radio gold hearing those two talk because <laughs> she was pretty good at describing what the horses were like and what the food was like and drinking, you know, the fermented mare's milk and all of that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, geez. It, it convinced me I never wanted to do it. <laughs> no. And it's, you know, it's an expensive endeavor, isn't it? Just, it, it's I mean, like 13000 to sign up. I mean, it, it's uh, that's just the entry fee. And then you got to get there. And yeah, it's an expensive endeavor, too, to go be Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I could stay home and not spend $14,000. You know, $14,000, you could do a cruise around the world pretty comfortably. <laughs> you could do a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer, do you have an on today show? I do. Would you like to hear about it? Yes, we would. <laughs> it's all about reaching for your dreams and achieving your goals this time around. And first up, Valerie Ashker. She had a dream to ride her two OTTBs 3,000 miles across America, and she just finished up in fine form. So she's going to come on and tell us all about it. And then after the break, Matt Schreiber took his little spoof of un- unbridled 
to the Equus Film Festival and won. And that is a real dream for any filmmaker. So he's going to stop by and tell us all about that. So stay tuned for the great folks. I got to watch that this morning. It's very funny. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it hits on everything that annoyed us about that movie, right? Uh, it, <laughs> it does. It hits on everything about that movie that it kind of annoyed us. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit. I haven't mentioned this on the show yet. We just haven't had time about... And of course, the Rhodes Parade is coming up. We talk about it every year here on the shows. Uh, and last year, you guys were in it. You were in it. And then you, and at the Rose Parade, there's always Equist Fest that happens a couple days before at the LA, is the LA Equestrian Center, right? It does. And it's a really big event. There's seven or several thousand people attend to watch all of the horses that are in the Rose Parade perform. And it's also kind of a test for all of those horse groups to prove that they can handle, you know, just that much of an audience before they go into the actual Rose Parade, which is, you know, I mean, that's like this, I mean, it's amazing until you've actually done it and you've been sitting there on your horse about to enter a parade where there's like three quarters of a million people watching live in person. Uh, you just can't really get the gravity of you know, feeling what that's all about. And so for eQuest Fest to get canceled due to the uh, this EHV virus outbreak is a, a huge, huge thing. I, I um, you know, I just, I feel bad for all the people now that this, are going to miss this, out on that. This EHV virus outbreak happened at the LA uh, Equestrian Center, which is why they had to po- cancel this, right? Because they're under it, quarantine, I think. They are. No horses yeah. can come in or go out. And that's and a big it's been equestrian center, isn't it? Like tons of horses. It is. You know, when you just, when you figure how many of the, the horses that are in the Rose Parade, uh, you know, each of the groups, if there's 18 groups, you know, like our group had like two dozen horses, you know, then you've got the Budweiser Clydesdales, you know, they've got their semi trucks and all of their horses. Uh, and then all of the other groups, I mean, it's just, it's a huge number of, you know, horses and people and support crews. And, 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 and there's a ton of horses that live there already, which is part of the problem. You know, they don't, that's, and it wasn't one exactly. case. Was it one case or did they have multiple cases there? You know, I know they ha- they lost at least one horse. I remember reading a couple weeks ago and it might have been a couple. Um, but I think they were worrying about like a dozen horses or so. I don't know if they were all positive or if they were just concerned that they had possibly been exposed or not. Right. Um, but. But, you know, that's the kind of thing they can't risk it. Um, You know, so all of these horse groups and all of their support people are going to have to find other facilities to stay in. Um, You know, especially the ones coming from far away, that's going to kind, you know, kind of be difficult. And then they're not going to really get the chance to have you know, the few days before to work together and get all their kinks worked out and, uh, you know, make sure all their horses can actually handle, um, you know, a, a parade of that size, you know, because, I mean, my horses had done several parades leading up to it, but none of them were anywhere near the, you know, the size and the, um, you know, the, just the amount of stimulation that, that you get at, at yeah, the Rose Parade. you have a million parade. people, there's a lot of energy <laughs> there, right? I mean, just the energy oh. level. The energy and then not just that, but you don't even realize that that there's all these 
the support of, you know, the the people running the parade, the white suits that are running around on the little white scooters. Uh, <laughs> The little scooters that are everywhere and then all of the security and then all of the press and the cameras are in your face like constantly and they're moving around like, you know, big aliens on these, you know, big <laughs> arms and stuff zipping all around you. And, you know, and then the the vendors carrying the big trees of cotton candy bouncing through the crowd and, uh, it, you know, and you just you never know what your horse might react to or not react to and um fortunately mine both managed to get through it without you know embarrassing us and, <laughs> or, total, you, know, no, you didn't kill anybody anyway so that's no, good no no meltdowns <laughs> the endurance horses all managed they all did really good which just shows you you know our horses you know they the the stuff they're able to handle just because they are endurance horses it's really pretty incredible like we just did the sparks christmas parade uh weekend ago and that was really cool, you know, and it's so fun when when you go to a parade like that and the not just the adults, but the children especially are so happy and excited to see the horses. They just love the horses. But we had a group of motorcycles ahead of us. <laughs> Why do they but, always do that? They put the band like oh, the drum corps right behind or they, <laughs> they always oh do that. Oh, my gosh. I know, yes, and in the Rose Parade, we had the Stanford Band in front of us, which I heard. I just heard, by the way, they they're recently been suspended because they did some sort of you know crazy antics again and got, <laughs> got in trouble. It's not the first time, but yes, they had us behind these motorcycles, which were super, and they were trying purposely to rev up their engines as loud as they could, and it was so obnoxious. And <laughs> you know, for us, the the humans, we were just like totally annoyed by it so um you know and the horses they dealt with it just like they always do which is you know it's just pretty because cool. parade organizers have no idea they think that a horse is mechanical and that you know they could do they just put them wherever you know they give no thought to where they go because they don't understand they don't get it no. they don't yeah one parade they put us in uh right in front of a group of like kids from like six to 12 years old kicking soccer balls <laughs> there you go that's always good too <laughs> you know and then in another parade the they had twirlers. musket shooters ahead of us you know so at this point yeah my horses are pretty much dead broke to just about anything there's not much <laughs> that that will face them you know maybe it would be like a real you know bull moose or a bear or you know something along those lines that might really startle them or get their so, attention so what would be something appropriate to put in front of the horses in the parade other horses <laughs> <laughs> The the local float from the feed store. Yeah, look the, the quiet one, the local float that's really quiet. <laughs> the senior citizen center, right in front. That perfect. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, you know somebody, you know the grand marshal that's riding in a car. Yeah, with the that's right. All the politicians. <laughs> I know, you know, and this year because it wasn't an election year, uh, like the Nevada Day Parade, it had I believe it was like over two hundred entries. I mean, it was because of half more politicians in cars because it was all the politicians were out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're all going to be quite relieved that this election year is over, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah, we can get rid of 2016 now. You know, no matter which side you're on, I think we're all ready for 2016 to be gone. Uh, No kidding. No kidding. (laughs) Now, you had uh, I know you had one more endurance ride over Thanksgiving. Did that and I'm reading here that got canceled. 
No, well, it didn't get canceled. What oh. happened is a big storm came in. And so, you know, I've got to travel over the Sierras and I-80. So we ended up not going because I didn't want to have to worry about chaining up. And as it turned out, it was a good thing because it did pour rain at the ride. And people were having to ride in slippery, slidey mud for some of it. And then, of course, getting home would have been a problem because there were chain requirements and accidents and that sort of thing. So I ended up not going. However, we did finish the year. My horses did over a thousand miles between them. Chief finished the year. He's got over 15,000 miles wow. now and Bo's over 9,000. So Chief went over 15,000. He did. And How it's many his, horses in the world have done that? Not a lot. Uh, no, I believe he's like the fifth highest mileage horse in history. Wow. So, Look at uh, you, Karen. I'm so proud of you and Chief. Uh, thank you. And I know, keeping a horse sound a- that long is... <laughs> It's the I know. Part. He, yes, he's a tough little guy. And, you know, he's now going, this next year is going to be his 16th ride season. Wow. And, yeah, that's, you know, so pretty cool. And then Bo had a really good year, too. He completed Tevis. He did several 50s with a junior rider which was awesome. And of course, both of the horses did some parades that, that all went really well. And so this marked the third ride season that Bose completed successfully since he had his colic surgery. Wow. Well, okay, good job. Good job at keeping him healthy. And, you know, colic surgery, I know we were, you were on the air during that time, actually. God, have you mm-hmm. been doing this this long? <laughs> I know it. I know time flies. Yeah. And it's just, it's so cool because, you know, I like being able to tell people that we had a successful outcome just to inspire people and to let them know that, you know, if they're ever faced in that situation and, you know, if their vet or their surgeon is saying, you you know, you have a high likelihood of a good outcome that, you know, that things do sometimes work out and successfully and horses can continue on and do as well or even better in whatever uh, their discipline is to continue like Bo did. I mean, he's finished up his twice now since having his surgery. And um, those were two of the best rides he's had on that ride out of five. So, you know, he came back and it, and then he's just only gotten better, which is you know, a pretty cool thing. Very good. Well, let's uh, do your endurance tip. And then we have Kristen from the Distance Depot coming up with some holiday ideas for endurance riders. Okay. Well, my tip was, I'm going to talk a little bit about winter riding and conditioning, um, which, you know, I know a lot of people, if they're kind of new to endurance or they're not really an endurance rider, but they still ride their horse in the winter. You know, some of this is stuff that, they might not necessarily know about or, or, you know, be aware about. And that's about how easy it is to overheat your horse when they have a heavy winter coat. And I, do your horses get coats? Yeah, believe it or not, they do. do you? Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Mine are like giant teddy bears this time of year. They're so thick and furry. So when we go out and we do a ride, even if it's only for 45 minutes or an hour, it doesn't take much at all for them to get, you know, wet with sweat and to heat up. So you have to really be aware of how much your horse is heating up because they're wearing this big, heavy coat. And then they're also sweating quite a bit. So you have to be really careful about 
not, you know, not overdoing it, not, you know, doing, you know, too much and not bringing your horse back to the barn when they're all wet and it's starting to get dark. So you got to really just sort of, you know, be aware of, of those conditions because if you bring your horse back to the barn at say three o'clock and they're completely you know wet with sweat they're still going to be wet at nine o'clock because it does they're they're just not going to dry out and cool out in that amount of time so my suggestion is to uh you know bring your horse in slowly cool them off um, try not to get them too wet if you know you're not going to be getting back till um, you know late in the afternoon. One of the tips that I like to tell people is I'll put a fleece sheet on my horse and then a blanket on over that during the time that they're drying. And then in a few hours, I can go back out at night and pull the fleece sheet off and hopefully they've dried off. Um, it's even better if you can fluff their hair, brush their coat and fluff their hair back up so that uh, it's not matted down because then that uh, d doesn't do as good of a job at the insulating and keeping them warm. Um, another thing that's really important in the winter when you're conditioning and riding very often is to pay really close attention to their armpits and their girth area because if they're sweating and then the sweat dries over time it doesn't take much before they can start to get like a um like scurfing it's like a sweat burn of the skin in those areas that can be kind of sensitive so i like to uh sponge that area off, you know, or you can just make sure you brush it really good, but you can bring just a small bucket of warm water out to where your horse is and sponge just that area to make sure it stays clean. Um, I also like to make sure my horses stay well hydrated both before and after I'm riding them in the winter. And of course, anytime if there's going to be a weather change, I think it's really important to get uh, plenty of liquids in my horse and I give my horses a wet mash out of my uh, stable mix complete feed which I can buy locally here and I always add um, the Redmond Daily Gold which is great for um, especially for Bo because you know he did have the, col the, the bad colic and that helps with um, removing toxins out of his gut and then the Daily Red Salt which helps rehydrate him and uh, one of the things um, I want to mention about Redmond Equine is that they have been generous enough to offer a 15% off discount to all of our Endurance Day listeners on their daily red products. And this is good through January 31st. And it includes uh, their five-pound pouches, their case of six, and their 25-pound bucket of their daily red uh product and the code for that if you go to redmondequine.com is endurance day it's all one word and lowercase and you can get 15 percent off of all of those products very good and we'll have jennifer post that on our facebook page what the code is so that uh you don't have to remember it as you're driving along in the car uh all right, cool. Very good. You know, it's funny because you mentioned that um, uh, Jerry, who won our grand prize on Radiothon Day, uh, mm -hmm. one of the grand prizes was a year's supply of Redmond Rock. And it, they sent 18 of the rock on a rope and a whole, wow. uh, like six months of this and six months of that. I mean, a whole bunch of products. And he said the 
uh, UPS guy almost broke his back. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like, what's in that box? Are, do you, are you buying rocks? Yes, well, yeah, we are, actually. At least a <laughs> yeah, straight from Utah. <laughs> Can you imagine how much it costs to ship 18 of those rock on a rope? Jeez. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for to uh, Mike and the gang over there at Redmond Equine for all their support. And I know that Jerry and his draft horses thank you, too. They, uh, there'll be a picture coming soon of him with all his rocks on a rope. <laughs> oh, <So>. Wow. <laughs> Well, uh, it is time for our monthly look at the Distance Depot and what's going on over there with Kristen. She's here with us live today. How'd you talk her into that? <laughs> well, what happened is the time just flew by in the last month, and we never got around to pre-recording uh, her. So, so it's our fault. Here we are. It's kind of, <laughs> yes, but that's okay. She's done great the last, you know, few times we've had her on live. It's, she just has it's to get up really early, really early. Yes. <laughs> Kristen. I know. Welcome, Kristen. Yes. Good morning. Good morning to you both. Well, today we're going to talk about your uh, Christmas list. Uh, so let's start with, uh, I know you sent me a list of five items. Let's start with the first one. Okay. Well, the first one I have on the list, and we have so many, it was hard to choose, but um, a very popular one this time of year and throughout the year is our custom-made beta biothane tax sets. Um, that includes three pieces, which would be the bridle, the reins, and the breast collars. And there are so many options on these sets. Um, it's just, I think, a, a really great thing for people to be able to choose which style bridle, which style reins, and which style breast collars and save some money because we do bundle them up and it saves you a little money. Um, they come in 20 colors for the main wow. color, and then there are... 45 or so different accent colors that you can put on the main color. We have Navajo designs for those that like that southwestern look. There's just so many options. Your breast colors can be padded or unpadded. They can have fancy hardware. You can do stainless steel, solid brass. The list goes on and on, but this makes a great gift um, uh, for yourself <laughs> or for a loved one. Right. I know my horses both look awesome in the, the teal colored tack I got from you. It's just, uh, it, you know, it, it's just, it's so sharp looking and it just looks, you know, so nice. So anybody that wants any color combination, just, you know, give Kristen a call and she'll do it for you. And next up, we have a super hey, Wait a minute. That, that also is the one that can just wash off. I don't have to, like, actually clean anything. No, it, it, it's so easy to take care of. Yeah, you just you can dunk it in a bucket or hose it off. Horse it husband approved. Right dishwasher. <laughs> dishwasher. You throw it in the dishwasher, do you really? Yes. You're it, one of those gross horse people. Ugh. I know. A lot of people do that. I don't know. No. What does your husband say about that when you put that in the dishwasher? Do you put it you in know, with he, dishes or do you put it in separately? Separately. Oh, I just good. Do, well, that's right, something. Right. <laughs> but he'd rather I do the dishwasher than the washing machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes funny. a lot of clunking in the washing machine. <laughs> it does. I know. I know. It does. It does. I know. Okay. And you also have, let's see, it says Supercore Spa Products for our face, body, and back. 
Yes. Um, these are amazing. Um, made with the SuperCore waffle material. Um, we have a spa cells facial sponge, um, which decreases puffiness, promotes cellular regeneration, gives you, of course, smoother, younger-looking skin. But these things feel great. Um, they're naturally antifungal, antibacterial, and mildew-resistant, so they can live in your shower. Um, I have oh, these the are for people. Mix. I was thinking horses, these but are these for are for people. people. <laughs> no, these, yeah, no, these are the bomb. I have the bath mitt um, that fits on your hand, and I can't tell you how good this thing feels on your feet. <gasps> they have a it backy scrubber. Amazing. I want the back scrubber. And they do, yes, the, the body exfoliator. So you have a handle on both cool. sides, and you can scrub your back. Oh, oh yeah, goodness, because it's that spot that fabulous. I don't care what you do, you're not getting to. Uh, there's that one spot right in the middle of the back. That's yeah, right. we got to take right. care well, of ourselves we'll sometimes, too, you know, Glenn. <laughs> exactly. A little pampering for the person. I want uh-huh. the back thingy. I want the back thingy. Super core. I know. Now, so what's it made well, out of? I've never um, heard of this It's made before. out of the super core honeycomb cells. Um, they're perforated um, to exfoliate, um, stimulate the blood flow, and it helps to break down toxins that produce cellulite. So, you know, what more can we say about that? Um, who, who doesn't like that, right? Now, uh, is it soft? Some of these scrubbers are so, you know, so they're just prickly. Are, is this soft? Oh, no. Yeah? yeah, they're very soft. Okay. Yep, very soft, and they feel fabulous. And Should they can we, live right in your I want that for Jennifer. I want that for Christmas, Jennifer. Put that on my list right there. <laughs> Super core stimulate body exfoliator. Okay. Well, the next item, Glenn, you probably won't want. Uh, <laughs> it's probably uh, new, not. Uh, they've got new purses. <laughs> we do have new purses um, that are that come in fun horsey designs. Um, some of them are cross body purses with running horses. Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Hold on, Jennifer. Could you? Go call somebody or do something else. Jennifer has a purse fetish, and if she sees this and starts looking them up, I'm in trouble. So, well, you know, you got an item on your list, Glenn. It's only fair. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer gets to add that to hers. <laughs> right. Well, some of these purses have you can wear them as shoulder bags or crossbody purses. Some have cute snaffle bits on them. The little zipper pulls are snaffle bits, and then we have one that's really neat. It's a crossbody purse with a strap that you can wear. Um, and or you can take the strap off and it has two clips that clip right on to your belt loops. So if you're not wanting to wear a purse, it's small enough to wear on your side, carry your, you know, credit cards and keys and all of that, um, lipstick and still wear it out and about. It's, I think it's a really cool design. They've been selling really well. They're cheap too. They're inexpensive. Yeah. 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 Yeah, They're a good price. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and now you also have horse horse jewelry. We sure do. Yeah, we cool. have lots of um, inexpensive stocking stuffers and fun earrings, bracelets, and necklaces, all sort of horsey design. Live, love, ride bracelets um, in tri-colors of, of copper and silver and gold. Um, fun turquoise earrings and squash blossoms. <laughs> Just really nice, um, fairly inexpensive jewelry that looks great. We also have the Kelly Hurd Stunning Horse Jewelry. He's a designer of equine jewelry, and um, some of his pieces are pretty spectacular. So there's just a lot of different choices there. 
And the one gift where you can't go wrong, <laughs> the right. last one if on the you, list is that's a... Right. If you're short on ideas or you have that person that has everything, we have so many things, they could surely find something with one of our gift certificates. And you can purchase them in any amount, and they can be emailed directly to you. There's still plenty of time. Um, they can be emailed directly to you or to the recipient, and or we can pop one in the mail to you. And uh, not to make you guys, uh, these are horse husband approved gift certificates. It is allowed and (laughs) women do like getting them um, because they'd rather pick out their own stuff than have you do it. So uh, especially horse women. But we no pressure or anything. But when we had our store uh, a long time ago, we had a guy and this was the early days of the Internet uh, and actually being able to buy anything online was pretty new back then. Um, we had a guy every year would buy a $2,500 gift certificate for his wife. So no pressure, guys, but uh, I am sure <laughs> that the Distance Depot could accommodate you um, <laughs> if you want to buy. Yes. Do you, do you sell many of those uh, size? Um, we've actually, yeah, we've actually had some really big ones that make my jaw drop. I know. Isn't it weird? Um, it's like... <laughs> yeah. and I yeah, Cool. It's, it's, very interesting that, that people do that, but the people sure have a great time spending them. You know, we always we, <laughs> we always, always were say, wondering I'm was so it excited is excited I have this yeah, with I have it this being, huge gift certificate. <laughs> with it being that high, we always wondered was it his wife or his girlfriend? We could we didn't know for sure <laughs> <laughs> we was getting the gift certificate. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, Kristen, if anybody is interested in any of these items, how would they get in touch with you? They could certainly um, visit our website, www.thedistancedepot.com, or give us a call toll-free, 866-863-2349. We'll be happy to help. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm looking here, and you... Uh, you can enter your own amount. So uh, that was the problem we had with our shopping cart back then. We didn't have a $2,500 amount uh, category. (laughs) But apparently you can enter, you can put 10,000 in here as long as your credit card works. That's right, as long as your credit card works. Yes, absolutely. Kristen will take your money. (laughs) We will have uh, links to uh, these things in our show notes as well for for this episode at horsesinthemorning.com. But, of course, you can just go to distance uh, The Distance Depot and find everything that we talked about today. But we will also and more and more and a lot more and uh, a lot more. And thank you so much, by the way, for you guys and everything you did for Radiothon again. We appreciated that. Um, Oh well, you're very welcome. It was a lot of fun, and uh, it's always a lot of fun doing Radiothon. But you guys have participated both years now, and we we hope to see you again next year. You bet, you bet. And Merry Christmas to you all. All right. Bye, Kristen. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. Now, with our new system uh, that we are testing today, because our old system broke during Radiothon, um, I have to be careful not to drop us off of the system now. So (laughs) it's easier to do than it was before. So I'm like, I'm being real careful here. Uh, I know. Go ahead. Yeah, my, my I was just going to say my Skype is working so much better now since Tell I got my new router. Tell everybody why. This is a good lesson, yes, actually. A technology lesson is, of the day by Karen. It is. You know, all this time for the last two or three years, we kept saying, no fair. Charter is advertising that they have these super high, fast internet speeds. And we're only getting like a, you know, 10 megabytes per second, which, you know, which was still okay. Yeah, but, but that's DSL like, level. That's but, not cable level. I know. So then our um, 
router died. And so I, I went on Amazon and ordered a router for like $30. And here comes the new router. We plug it in. I'm now getting 61 megabytes per second. <laughs> That's an important note. The it's, older routers were not set up to do wireless very well, and they just had older technology. So if your router, seriously, is older than about three years old, uh, get a new one. Just go out and buy a new one. They're not that expensive, exactly. as you found out. You know? Yes, I, found, I, I got mine for you know $30. If anybody wants the link, I can send it to them uh, just off of Amazon. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's amazing how much faster the internet speeds are. And another lesson, some like ours, the router and the wireless and everything are all set up in the box you get from the cable company. So the cable company comes in, there's not a separate router box from the cable box anymore. They're all in one, but we got ours when we moved here like four years ago. So, uh, I called them because we're, it just seemed to be shutting off by itself and doing everything. And they said, oh, that's the old router. You should be getting a new one. They will not tell you that they have new routers. <laughs> so call your cable company. If yours is more than three years old, tell them you want the newest, latest router, and they'll bring it out to you. And what a difference it made. It made a huge difference when we got the new router. So even if the cable company provides the router, call them up. They're not going to volunteer. You have to right. call them and ask for it, and they'll bring it out. So uh, definitely, whether you have to buy one or not. There's our technology tip of the day. Look at us. <laughs> exactly. Good job. <laughs> well, I am well, so happy for the next guest. I know. Valerie Asker is back to tell us about the great finish of her over 3,000-mile ride all the way across the United States over the last six months with the same two horses that both went the whole way, which is just an incredible feat. And uh, she did it to bring awareness to the off-track thoroughbreds having second careers and did just an amazing job. Um, So welcome back, Valerie. Good morning. How are you? How are you doing? Karen? Yay! I was a little lost. <laughs> <Cheering> whistles. <laughs> Wait a minute, Valerie. One more. <laughs> We're very excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Good. Now I feel I'm at home. <laughs> Okay, well, how are you doing? How are you integrating back into the the real world? Uh, I think both uh, Peter and I are having a little issue with it. It's it's you know, I mean, every time you get in the car, you find yourself looking. I'm still looking for a place to pull out, you know, for a water <laughs> break for the horses or a place to camp. Um, yeah, it's. I'll tell you what, life's very different uh, when you get back to reality. And you had told me that that would be uh, that would be not so much a problem, but getting back used to when I when we got back. And Peter's back at his work, and um, you know he kind of hates it now. <laughs> he really was a nomad on the on solar across the fifty. And you know, it's not that I um, I, I hate being back in reality. It's just that. Um, I don't know. Life was it was so very different. It was so simple. You had a main goal. You tried to get to it. You had a good horse that got you to it. And uh, you know, it was was pretty pretty. Um, it was like magical being out there. And it, and though it was hard, there was some bad times as far as you know. Um, oh, maybe there was a couple of days of bad heat, or I didn't feel good because 
the, you know, why issues out on the road uh, falling off, um, you know, it's the, the impact of what we did. I, I still don't, I still don't get it that we did this. But that's, I still don't get it that we did this. It's still a little bit of a blur to me. And, um, mm-hmm. and I, it, it was the most amazing experience. And if anyone could ever be able to have the opportunity to do it, whether it's a bucket list or for a passionate cause, I think that um, in, you should absolutely, I welcome them to do it. And there's enough information out there from, uh, people that have done it before, uh, Karen, you're a wealth of it yourself, that could help people um, entertain that little dream in the back of their mind. And so it's a once-in-a-lifetime um, opportunity. It's a ride of a lifetime. Valerie, I, I was saying earlier that I'm listening to this podcast about people who do the Appalachian Trail that hike the whole thing. And one of the things that's been common with everybody is they say, after you've hiked the trail, it sticks with you every day for the rest of your life. You, there isn't a day you don't think about it. And of course, everybody that does that too has, has the ups and downs and the, you know, the bad times and the good times. But right. they just always say it sticks with you for the rest of your life. And I think you're going to have the same thing. I do too. It's um, I did do a couple um, uh, magazine um, articles, and they said throw us some pictures. So, you know, you start going through the pictures, and I mean, honest to God, it, it's it, it's it's such an emotional thing because you go through a picture saying, "Oh my God, I remember that now. I I remember that time, and I remember feeling so good, and I remember everything was working perfectly that day. I remember that moment, and." If you don't look at those pictures, the kind of, you know, there's so many pictures of six months. You know, I have 3,500 pictures on uh-huh. my phone and 350 videos. So it's kind of nice when people, they um, send us a picture because you go back through it and there'll be a time and an opportunity um, in the middle of boxes because I'm relocating to my kid, my daughter, Lane Ashker, in Virginia, and I'm right in the middle of the, the farm has been sold. And I have to be out by the end of December. So I haven't had time to really rekindle my memories, um, although Peter has. And Peter's been a little bit down in the dumps lately um, because, it, I mean, it, it's, it's, such an, uh, it's such an amazing experience. And um, there's not a day that goes by that you, you remember something on there and you go, oh, my God. But I will say this, and I don't know how many people have had this happen to them. It, it is like a blur to me. It's almost that I don't. I gave a little talk at the retirement home because all the old people were following my ride. They had a map Aww. out. It's where my aunt Lily McGowan <laughs> resides. And they every day would talk, well, where is she? Where's your niece? Where's your niece? And um, so I gave a talk about it. And I and a couple of times I kind of fell apart up there crying because um, it meant so much to me and the cause. And, and the, the last, the finish line, Peter and I doing a high five. And my horses with their ears pricked. And, and both of them had the same trot step. They were reaching way out in front with their right front foreleg. It was the perfect picture. And those horses finished 33, close to 3,300 miles. And the way they looked was, let's do it again. And it just, you know, it's an emotional alley going down there because we've experienced it. We know what it's like. We had the perfect horses for the, for the, the trip. And it was successful. And well, it just makes you kind of, you know, you well, can't Val, believe that you would it, that. If you were going to do the trip again, what would you do differently? 
What did you, know, you we learn from this that, that you would, you know, change? I, I, I understand that. And that's a great question because we've talked about it. You know, the sad wagon makes for, um, it makes for comfort, but it also, I mean, Peter's sitting here right here. And, um, but it makes for a lot more um, tedious um, planning. And you have to depend on yet a third person, not just yourself, not just your partner, not just his horse, not just your horse. Um, I think if people were to do it, I'd almost want to set out and just go out without a sag. Um, I would like to be able to not have a, a big time frame where you don't have to be back at a certain time. To me, the ultimate would be able to just go. And that would mm-hmm. probably mean that you're retired um, you, um, and that you know some people along the trail. But in our ride, wouldn't you agree, Peter? We had more people that were anxious to have us and house us and feed us and the horses and stay as long as you want than we did, like, you're on our property, you know. Frankly, we really didn't have um, but maybe a couple of those, and and that was because we crossed over the Mississippi and it got a lot more residential. And people, it was so easy to set camp up when you're in the West when there's nothing but, you know, the groundhogs and <laughs> the ants out there with you to tell you you can camp here or you can't camp there. But I, I would almost say it would be probably less stress. And easier only in the way, not for comfort, you better be able to, you know, handle a tent life and be able to tie your horses, ground tie them, I would guess. But I would think that it'd be a lot less stressful if you just headed out. You just, you somewhat chose your path of least resistance for the weather going over the mountains, which path, and then, and headed right out. Right. And by SAG vehicle, you mean your support trailer and driver, right? Correct. With all the food, pay the water, and then the creature comforts for human beings, the the bed, the TV, the refrigerator, the freezer, and that little glass, that little, um, what was it that I like cherry every night? The hard apple cider, cherry apple, <laughs> cherry cider. <laughs> that was great. My, our little libations at the end of the ride, and believe you me, of that day, if you did 28 miles, that libation after you after you set up camp, after you wrapped up horses if it was a tough pull on them, um, and then you uh, you put their little fly sheets on and fed them. Then you would go in, take your boots off, sit back in that trailer or out of it, and have a libation. And what an amazing <laughs> account! I don't know if people get that in a nine to five job. You know, um, it's it's just it's it's a beautiful thing. It's a very different thing and a major a major feeling of self accomplishment um that you could do that for that day well tell us about just pick one day on the entire trip that stands out um that was maybe the best day the best ride or just uh somewhat rewarding in some way that stood out above the others and tell us about that day um i think you know, what stands out, well, there was, there were so many um, great days, the day leaving, you know, to be able to go out there and say, oh, we're really doing this, you know, after all the planning, we we're really on these horses and we're going down Marshall Grade and I, I don't know, I, I mean, I believe I'm doing it because I'm riding this horse, but I guess we're going to go across this whole United States. That, that day, the first day stands out a lot. Of course, the finish line stands out a lot, um, getting... Um, through everything that we did 
And uh, before the winter set in, which was great because it was only, it would only be about a week later, the weather was absolutely horrendous um, weather. So that was timing. That timing was great with all the people waiting for us and thoroughbred uh, retirement um, program and um, uh, Neutrina and uh, some of our sponsors. And of course, the one, the, the cherry on the Sunday was my, my own daughter uh, driving up there and meeting me. Um, but Another is going probably through one of the highest parts that we ever did is um, Monarch Pass. Monarch Pass. Um, yeah, going coming down to Salida. That was in, an, in Colorado. Yes. Oh my God, that was amazing, and to be up there. What was it, Peter? Eleven thousand three hundred and twelve feet. I mean, <laughs> he knew exactly. I, <laughs> I mean, if I. Uh, Solar one time on one of the Nevada summits at around 7,900 feet saw a pronghorn. Was it a pronghorn something? And he started, his heart started beating in Peter's boots, and then all of a sudden he got a nosebleed. Um, so I was a little bit worried about Monarch Pass because that was, you know, another the third of the way up higher. But he was fine. Um, and nosebleed quickly subsided when we um, when I showed him it was a sheep and his heart started booming out of his chest <laughs> and stopped and got back to reality. But yeah, the Monarch Pass to Salida, Colorado was is absolutely uh, quintessential. It was gorgeous. And what kind of low points did you have? What what? Well, was... the one she told us about that time with that yes. jerk. Uh, but you know. Oh yes, <laughs> that's right. Say that again. The, uh, we just wanted to hear what your some of your lowest points were. What was the most oh. difficult part of doing yeah. this? Yeah, you know, um, I probably um, getting hurt, and yeah, that that probably bummed me out because I, you know, you want to do something like this on all full engines, you know. Right. And, and when you break bones, it it kind of it's not that it hurts so bad. It does, but it does hold you up invariably. If I didn't get hurt, I could have finished this ride in five months. And, and really, um, you know, again, when you're re- when you're having to wait for sag wagons and things, you might have even been able to get inside a four and a half month time increment, but five for sure. So I think getting hurt, um, you know, it, it's funny because I, when you're hurt, you, you you're in the middle of Nevada or you're in Utah, Utah and you're in the desert. And you have to get up, and the clavicle is kind of moving around there, you know, and it's kind of like bugs you. Um, but all I would do, one morning I got up um, and was just starting to stir, and I pulled the little curtain up, the blinds up, and here was Solar's head looking at me in my bed, saying, um, this is this is like, you're an hour late. And number one, we <laughs> need to get fed. If I'm out of bed, let's get out of here. <laughs> you know, it was always for every yin, there was a yang. For every for every negative, there was a positive. That was the little flame to keep me going. And the horses, wouldn't you agree, Peter? Were like the biggest blessing. I mean, they their 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 ears were never not pricked. There might have been a, po- a time at the end. Birdie was off. Yeah, Bird was a little bit tired, and um, and his ears weren't as pricked. Um, but those horses, they get the, they get the, the gold medal because they, they carried us in a way that they not only took us across the United States, they did it with class and they did it with an eager, uh, insatiable desire to get to the end. It's like they knew that the checkered flag was in Virginia. And I, and I don't know how they could feel that only from perhaps our genre riding them, um, 
Um, but those horses knew with the step and with their ears pricked, they were, they were doing something. They were going to finish something. They were going to achieve something great and grandeur in our history for these off track thoroughbreds. And we were just sitting on their backs, gently guiding them and along for the ride. Well, what's next for you, Val? Uh, Disneyland. Pardon? Disneyland. Disneyland. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> um, next for and me she's going to rent one of those I've scooters. Got... So she's going to be riding one of those scooters oh, yeah. around Disneyland. <laughs> oh, God. Now, that'd be kind of fun. You know, I've had... Um, I do want to bring my motorcycle back across country. I may not be able to have it shipped because uh, it won't fit on the next shipment. So probably riding my bike across the United States, that will be a totally different. I've already done that twice anyhow. That won't be as, um, um, as poignant as, my, as our horses. But um, I'm going to get involved with um, people. Have a, a, there's a big loophole in information out there on the Internet, on any net about how a do you extract a horse off your racetrack barn if you are so um, uh, desiring to do so, and then a which one fits you, and then there's a big hole from taking that horse from the city racetrack and getting it to its first event, whether it's a hunter jumper, a dressage, a rainer, whatever. It, the, how you get that horse from racetrack ready to let down to a remakeover, as they say, into its new discipline. And we are a little bit more involved with my daughter and I with eventing. So I'm going to do a video series where I actually have live videos. People see me getting bucked off and <laughs> falling <laughs> off. And then we go back and assess those videos as to why that happened and what would have been a better course of action. And also show them videos a very everyday, everyday reality of bringing these horses from racetrack to their next, their next window of opportunity. Um, and that's why this ride meant so much because it ties it all together. Um, right. And I your, your site on, on Facebook is second makes through starting gates, correct? Exactly. And that's where two. you're going to be yeah. posting. Okay. Well, Val, right. congratulations to you and Good Peter. Job. Yay. Both of you and the horses. <laughs> Good job. Great job. I mean, I'm so like impressed and just so proud of you that you did it. Um, what an, well, what an accomplishment. It took a village. It took Peter, uh, you know, you can do this. So I'm going to get those panels put out. Um, the drivers uh, have helped. It, oh, it's um, a lot of work. My parents, it's a lot of work. And, uh, it, it just, it was a wonderful, a wonderful ride of a lifetime. And I, I really, I welcome those opportunities if people have them in their life to be able to go out and venture out in this beautiful country okay. and see the world. Okay, I got back. a I got a question came in from a listener, and this is the this is a horse show. You can tell by the question I just got, and that is, you just rode for three thousand miles. What breeches were you wearing? <laughs> I was dressed in carrots. Ah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, carrots not sponsored me, but I love carrots. I'm a I love carrots. Uh, they're very comfortable. They're not binding. They breathe. I love carrots. They fit me well. And um, so I had there was not a day I was without carrots. Um, Easy Care carrots and Neutrina were my day to day survival kit uh, sponsors. 
And I uh, could not have done this ride without those sponsors. Uh, those I would never have anyone venture out unless okay. they had had comfortable clothing, comfortable horses. Okay, now I got a question. Uh, what was he wearing? Jeans? Riding pants? Um, he was wearing riding pants. I think they're international men's riding pants. Um, he did wear jeans once in a while, but you know, um, they, the riding pants worked really good because we wore the, um, uh, the water boots from Dover, the paddock boots, all terrain, and then the all terrain, um, half chaps. So Peter and Peter looked really good in those riding boots, riding britches. Um, <laughs> I bet you by the end, he looked even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the riding birds, all cottons were really good. Very, very good. <laughs> all right, good. There, see, that's the kind of listeners we have. Ever practical. What'd they wear? <laughs> I want to know what they were wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Valerie. Congratulations yeah. again. I hope you have a wonderful holiday with, uh, with your family in Virginia. Yes, thanks, Val. And Merry Christmas to you and Peter. Oh, thank you, Karen, and and Merry Christmas to you and all the listeners that have been very loyal listeners and wanting to know how the ride's been going. Thank you so so much. Well, thank when you, you when you do your ride across Europe and Russia, let us know, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. All right. well, we all we up on life. We'll turn around, saddle Solar and Tivo, and start out again. I'll let you know. All right, good. <laughs> thanks, thanks, guys. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy she finished that before the snow set in. <laughs> oh, I know. What a trip. Okay. Now, what when we started this, you and I, with with Valerie, when we started this, we both talked about, without Valerie on the air, we talked about how we followed others across the country in the past on the shows here and who did not have a support vehicle. And we thought it would be easier with the support vehicle. It's funny that she says that that turned out to be the thing that she thought maybe she'd get rid of. So wasn't that interesting? Uh, right, right. Just yeah. because that also became a liability once their first driver quit and left, you know, now they had to find drivers to move the rig for them every day. And so that was a logistical, you, you know, kind of a problem. Well, let's take a break for a song, and then we have another guest coming back who did something fun that we'll talk about. But first, a little Templeton Thompson, and have yourself a very merry little Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas Let your heart be A merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay From now 
happy golden days of yours Faithful friends who are dear to us Gather near to us once more Through the years we all will be together the fates allow Hang a shining star upon the highest bough And have yourself That's Templeton Thompson with Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. You can find all of her music at templetonthompson.com or search for her on iTunes. And also, you can just search Templeton Thompson there to bring up all of her music. She has a lot of holiday songs as well. Well, we are brought to you today by Renegade Hoof Boots. And of course, they're the ones that Karen uses all the time on her long distance rides. Karen, are you there? Did we lose Karen? Did we lose Karen? I was on mute. Uh, because I had, to go I had the more perfect coffee. transition to I'm you sorry. too, and you blew it. So <laughs> let me do that again. Karen uses Renegade all the time in her long distance rides. Yes, I do. And I've been using them for several years now and several thousand miles on both Chief and Bo. And they are, you know, like we mentioned earlier, very high mileage, successful horses and are still going strong. They're both sound and healthy. Uh, the The benefit of using hoof boots is that my horses can enjoy uh, the barefoot lifestyle. They don't need to wear shoes. I don't have to worry about farrier appointments anymore and scheduling and that sort of thing. It, so it gives me a little bit of freedom in that regard. You know, I can go if I know I'm going to be riding on trails with good footing, I can go and ride them barefoot. But if I'm going on longer rides or where the footing is not so good or an endurance ride, um, I can just put the renegades on and go. And they're super easy to use. I've got junior riders that can put them on and take them off. And so they're, you know, obviously very easy to uh, to use, uh, they work great. They come in several different colors, so you can match to your distance depot tack if you'd like. 
and uh, or just, you know, I like to use the orange just because they're easy to look down and see that they're there, which is great. Uh, the horses are very comfortable in them. And uh, I get usually about, oh, 600 miles or so usually out of a set, which is, which is nice for a lot of casual trail users. That'll last them for a full year or two, which, which is nice. And uh, it's just a, an item that I use and highly recommend. Uh, for more information, go to renegadehoofboots.com. Very good. Thank you, Karen. And our next guest is ready. And I got to watch this this morning. It was very funny. Great. Well, welcome to the show. Good morning. I have Matt Scribner on, who is an endurance writer and who happened to make a film, a short film spoof about the documentary movie Unbranded. So uh, welcome, Matt. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Karen. Thank you for having me on the show. Okay, so tell us how can did you, you come? Okay, yes, yeah. I can. I, I can hear you. You sound great. Okay. <laughs> so, how did you come up with the idea of even doing this spoof? Oh, uh, well, um, for the last five years, I've been putting on a fundraiser for the Western States Trail Foundation um, called Tevis Talks, and I'm the host of it. And it's basically a lot like what you guys are doing, but I would do it live in front of an audience. And so I would bring, I brought uh, guests in that I kind of felt had an impact on the, on the horse industry. Um, Julie Sir was my first guest, Becky Hart, um, Linda Tellington-Jones, and, uh, and then Clinton Anderson. And um, I saw the movie Unbranded, thought it was a great movie. It was just fun to watch. Um, it was, uh, you know, just kind of one of those movies that, that uh, was inspirational in a lot of ways and, and, uh, you know, the, just a, a good storyline. And, and I just thought they did a great job on it. And so I decided to ask Ben Masters, who's the one who, you know, kind of, who came up with the idea and put the, put the movie together along with his, his three friends. And, uh, I thought I want to have him on the show. Well, mm-hmm. what was interesting was, was when I brought up, you know, I want Ben Masters to be, be my, my guest. You know, in our industry, maybe it's the horse community or something, we're so used to, if we're going to be invited or go to a, a you know, go to a show or a, a, a talk or anything like that, we think we're going to learn something. You know, we go there for educational purposes. And, you know, the whole idea behind having been there was not necessarily for education, but just for entertainment. You know, mm-hmm. I, we wanted, I wanted to hear a story of his adventure and, and, uh-huh. and, and so on. As far as, you know, horsemanship skills, we're probably not going to learn anything, you know, <laughs> and it seems like when we go, you know what I mean? I mean, I mean, we're not going to, we, we go to these events a lot of times just purely for education, like we're supposed to show up with our notebook and, um, and I wanted to lighten it up. I wanted to just lighten it up and let people be entertained and not feel like they have to walk out, you know, learning how to engage hindquarters or disengage hindquarters or, you know, put a horse in collection or whatever i love so, you um, we that's the so, that's the moral <laughs> of the horse radio network is entertainment first education second you learn it's, by it's, being yeah, entertained inter- yeah we, we 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 want we you know i think that it's time in our industry that that we lighten up a little bit i Just agree a little i mean it's important <laughs> it's important that we, i've even gotten karen have, to lighten uh, up 
<laughs> wow. Now that's good because I know Karen and, and to get her to lighten up is pretty good. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's okay, Karen. You're, you, I, I've seen you. I've seen you laugh. <laughs> that, okay. So, so and I you. was, um, <laughs> uh, she said, ahead. and you, <laughs> Sorry, I was just poking back a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so, um, so you know, I mean, I wanted to lighten it up. I even had like Facebook attacks and about you know what does this guy know about horsemanship and what are we going to learn from him, you know, and that kind of stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, come on, you guys. So I, um, I decided to you know set the mood of the of the show by making this movie. And it was purely, you know, I had no intentions for it to go on YouTube or anything like that. It was just to make a little funny movie um, that I could show once the audience sat down and we kind of got, you know, got settled into our seats and get them laughing before, you know, I brought my guest on. And, um, and, and it worked, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, at most, at most of the people there, I'd say 90 some odd percent of the people saw the movie. So they knew what they were getting into when they, when they sat down. And then I dropped the big screen because it was at a movie theater that I do the show. So I dropped the big screen and, and showed the movie and the audience was roaring. And uh, it just set the mood for the rest of the show. And then, you know, the great thing about the, with that particular show was Lanny Leach showed up as well. So I'd been masters and then Lanny Leach got up on stage and he's the trainer that, that started those Mustangs and helped or helped start the Mustangs before they did their, their trip. And, uh, and so we did get a little education in cause I got to talk horse training with Lanny. Well, we're going to post the link to it right now on our Facebook page at horses in the morning. And I got to tell you, you've, you've increased about a thousand views since I looked this morning. So, um, so something's oh, going, no kidding. Yeah, so something's <laughs> going cool. on, but I got to tell you something. Yeah. Potato was in it. We've had potato on the show before yes. and he's yes. been on before. Yeah. He's quite a character. We recorded him because I didn't want him on yeah. live to be honest. Um, but we recorded yeah. him yeah. <laughs> and it was, one of the most fun interviews we've we've done in years here on, on on the endurance episode but he was in there and it was a classic that you got potato involved it was just a classic but i well, and everybody's seen on brandon i'm not going to give anything away but the last the best part of this six seven <laughs> minutes you did was the last minute yeah. because that is the part of the movie that we all talked about the most was the last you know part oh, of the absolutely. movie where the guy bails out and your answer to uh, it was what we all wanted to see happen to that guy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we, I mean, you know, I mean, it was, it was like, you know, we're, when we watched the movie, we're like, what the heck? Yeah. What's wrong you know? with him? And Hog actually, tie him, throw you, him on the I, horse. That was Ben Masters' favorite. That was Ben Masters' favorite part of the movie too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was he thought that was. He thought that was awesome. <laughs> because that's what He's he wanted to do, right? My that's what he wanted yeah. to do with the guy yeah. was tie him, throw him back on the horse, and take him across the finish line. <laughs> just, come on. We're just we're going. I don't care. Yeah. So we yeah, we we you know, and I could have come up with a, a million spoofs, you know, to go along with it. But but to be honest with you, I mean, I was I you know, I mean looking back, it's like, gosh, I could have really, you know, done some some other crazy stuff with it. But we did, we all, we did that in one day. It was kind of raining, so we had to take a couple breaks. 
And then we we been we were drinking the whole time, and so <laughs> and eating donuts. If you didn't notice, <laughs> well, the donuts was in the morning, and okay. uh, but but so um, so you know by the time we we finished we got enough spoofs in, we had we had a blast making it. Sean Bowling, you know, is is awesome, you know, and and uh, and John Brain and John Jardigan. I've got to bring those guys into it, and then as well my uh, my brother in law who did the filming. And see, I had a great end. Um, my brother-in-law is a professional filmmaker. Uh, and so, you know, so, you know, that, um, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't look like that if we were trying to do it on a, you know, on our cell phones or something. And so, you know, to have him come and um, uh, my sister um, come and actually do the editing and, and, you know, all the work after you, you do the filming and knowing how to get those shots, you know, I mean, he just, he, he's the one that, that made it so you know looked like it was actually professionally made now uh, Br- matt are you the one that's doing the narration at the very beginning no my my brother-in-law did that okay he found some he figured out a voice that he could make that sounded kind of i don't know i don't know oaky or whatever well let me <laughs> yeah, let me know, let me play the, a little bit of this in. here just for the very beginning because i wanted to i want to describe what's going on in the background this was a perfect way to start this oh yeah so here we go. Let's listen to it. So this trip was years in the making. I gathered my friends, John, John. So while he's doing this, he's standing yeah. in the front doing the narration. The three are in the back beating the crap out of each other, which was just a perfect way to open this. <laughs> right, right. And I had it, and I was trying to be serious, but I was also knowing that this was going on behind me. <laughs> You know, and and so uh, they just said, just start talking. So I just started rambling. I didn't know, you know, if they were going to cut any of it out or what they were going to do. So I just, you know, I just kept talking and talking and talking. But, uh, and yeah, the whole was, time you're you know, talking, they're just fun. beating each other up and chasing each yeah. other. It looked like the Three Stooges so, in the back. <laughs> That's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, we threw in the, you know, the, the of course, you know, I'll tell you, you know, um, I, I, I do some packing and I grew up packing. My, my family owned a pack stables up in Tahoe. So I just grew up doing this. And, um, I took a friend a, year, a few years back to go on a pack trip with me. And it was right when Brokeback Mountain came out. And so, you know, anytime we told anybody we were going on a pack trip, the first thing that somebody would, would bring up would be, Oh, like Brokeback Mountain, you know? <laughs> so, so anyway, we had to throw in, uh, you know, the Brokeback Mountain joke and, and, uh, you know, just some, just, you know, I mean, just goofy stuff and, and, and it, and it, and it worked out, you know, it did, it came together. Um, and and I like the part in the middle too, where it was just minutes of watching you guys ride, uh, because that, uh, <laughs> that was a yeah. perfect spoof too, right? Uh, it just yeah. worked. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was, a it, uh, unbranded, um, was a great movie. Ben loved our little spoof. He thought that was funnier than heck. And, uh, um, you know, it was, uh, um, then when, you know, uh, New York Equus Film Festival contacted us and said, Hey, we saw your film on, on YouTube and we want to put it in our, our festival, which I didn't realize was such a big deal. You know, I mean, I guess it's a big deal to get anything in that, that festival. And so, you know, I'm like, yeah, sure. Play it, you know? And, um, I, I told Dan, he's like, what, they contacted you, you know, I mean, usually you're begging them to get, get, get a movie in. And, um, I'm like, yeah, what's the big deal? And he goes, that, that is kind of a big deal. So there were seven entries in our, in our category. 
And, and so I didn't even realize that until later. And so to win was actually kind of a, you know, I don't know, you know, kind of a, um, a big thing. And, uh, you know, just a silly little, little spoof we made, but it made people laugh. And I think that that's important. You know, our business, we, we need to, like I was saying earlier, you know, we need to lighten up sometimes. Right. That was fun. great. And the award you won is called the Winnie for the best fun film. Yeah. 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 We won a Winnie. <laughs> you won a Winnie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's sitting, it's uh, I don't know. I first sat it right. Like, in, like, you know, right someplace where everybody could see it when they walk in the house. And I noticed it's been moved a few times since, since then by my wife probably, but <laughs> you know, it's going to be something that, that I will hold on to forever. I'm, Why I'm do kinda, wives kinda never think our it. accomplishments are as good as we think they are? Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. You know, and I and I've spent a lot of time explaining to her what a big deal this is. And <laughs> I don't know. She just goes, "Oh, you're, you know, whatever." You know, maybe that's the problem. Is we do spend a lot of time explaining yeah. what a you big know, deal it is. <laughs> I should have. I should have let her be in the movie, and I and I did <sighs> offer her the fart scene. And and she didn't want it. so I'm like okay well then you're not going to be in it then <laughs> and we wonder why they think we're not as big a deal as we are <laughs> right right so you know and I was surprised Potato took that scene but he was so game he was so game to do it and I just what happened was I was out on a ride we live in cool California and, and there's a staging area just right down the street from me and we were out riding on New Year's Day and um we get done with our ride and we're heading, you know, walking into the little town of cool and there's potato. And I was riding with Sean Bowling and, uh, and John brain. And I go, Hey potato, you want to be in our movie? And he goes, sure. And, and I gave him the date and he showed up and he had, he spent the whole day with us. Just, we had a blast oh, and he so was cool. funny. I mean, he really did. You know, potato was funny and he, you know, his little, his facial expressions, everything is, uh, you know, he, he just, you did a great job. Let's remind <laughs> people who don't know, who don't have it, or we have a lot of new listeners, Karen. Let's remind them since Potato's yeah. been on who Potato is. Go ahead, Karen. Yes, he's a, kind of a local writer to the Northern California area. He was the year before last, he won the Tevis. Uh, and yeah. of course, he's ridden the Tevis around 20 sometimes. And he's he's quite the character. And he's like 90 years he's old now, isn't he? Times. Sorry, Potato. Uh, no, uh, he's, in his, he's in his mid-74. <laughs> Sorry, Potato, I got a little older than you actually are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was no, so... He, he, um, you know, he's in our sport, I mean, you know, Potato, you know, love him or hate him. He's, uh, um, you know, just been a... a a facet, you know, to, to the sport of endurance and, and, uh, and, you know, you got to give him respect for that. He's, he's, uh, you know, and he's always had good horses. I tell you, well, I got to you know? tell you what happened. And, uh, There's a funny story about that too, Matt. We, we had potato on after he won the Tevis. We always have the winners on of the Tevis and the Mongol Derby and stuff. Oh yeah. And we had, we had potato uh -huh. on and it wasn't a month later that Jennifer and I did our annual vacation and we went to Sedona, Arizona and we did, uh, we wrote, we did a tour and the core operator's name was pancake. 
I'm not kidding you. His name oh, no is way. Pancake. So <laughs> it was just like, what is wrong with everybody out here? <laughs> <laughs> you got potato, you got pancake. pancake. His, yeah. uh, his, his dad named all the, I probably told you the story over the radio, but his dad named all the boys in the family after a bit of vegetables and all the girls in the family after flowers. I, there was so no 60s cut, hippie in named, that. <laughs> a brother named Rutabaga and, yeah. you know, and, and so on and so forth. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, but, you know, so adding him, making him kind of our Val and, uh, you know, from the movie Unbranded and, uh, and, and just, you know, just going out there and having fun. Um, you know, uh, it makes me want to make another one. Of course, I'm thinking about, you know, Saturday night live of the horse world. Well, yeah, whatever I do, it's going to be light, you know, I want people to laugh. And make sure your wife gets you know, a role this time. <laughs> yeah, make sure I'll she's in it. I'll try to put her in, you know. And, you know, I I can give her a little bit of, you know, she won the Triple Crown this year. And uh, that was kind of a big deal for, for us, too. Yes, um, and then and the know, Triple and then, Crown, Flynn, is, uh, it's the Nevada Derby 50-mile ride, the NASTAR 75-mile ride, and the Virginia City 100. Well, she's more of a badass than you yep. are anyway. <laughs> oh, oh! I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Yeah, and you you have to ride it all on the same horse, and she had the fastest combined time um, this year and won the Triple Crown. So that was kind of an exciting, exciting wow. year for us. Well, congratulations you know, to, to her. Congratulations happen. to yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. and uh, and so yeah, we're gonna. We'll, I'll make another one. I want to make it light and uh, have fun with it, and uh, we'll just keep keep plugging away at, at humor. I think that's important. Well, we just posted it on our Facebook page. You can find it there. Uh, it's called awesome. Untethered uh, for, for Tevis Talks, and uh, it's also on YouTube. You can just search for Untethered for Tevis Talks. You'll find it. Thank you so much for joining us, and congratulations. It'll be over a million in no time. <laughs> oh, hey, that'd be great. Maybe they'll pay me something for <laughs> it. Maybe then, then right? she'll get the award out and actually put it back where you can find it. Uh, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Thanks, so, Matt. Merry Christmas. Hey, thank you so thank much you, for, for having me on. This is All great. Right. Congratulations. Okay. Bye. Merry Bye. Christmas. You too. Well, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Women don't take our accomplishments as seriously as we do. They don't. Um, but then again, I'm never going to win an award with anything that we do here. So, I mean, there's that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But, what award could we win? I mean, there's not, you know, there are some podcasting awards now, but they're mostly for the big the podcasts and, you know, not us little independents. So I don't know. I know. I think we should win an award for having the most episodes. <laughs> That's what I think. There you go. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. But, but yes, it's it's so fun to do the show because there's so many fun people to talk to. There is. And, and just to learn about their adventures and the things that they do is sort of fun. Yeah, it is, definitely. I noticed Jennifer hasn't made any comments during this whole thing. Have you noticed that, too? She's been not commenting. I know. Sometimes, you know, we can't hardly put her on, you know, mute. I know, but now she's not saying a word about all (laughs) this. Not saying a word. Yeah, I I noticed that. I noticed she got real quiet here. I try to to stay out of it. You know, she was probably... Hiding any awards that you've won. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> she was doing. There's not a lot of those yeah. to hide, the believe me. keep coming in the mail, and I keep throwing them away. Oh, no, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I, I'm sure I'm up for an Emmy anytime soon now. Well, Karen, thank you so much. you got a couple of upcoming events. Why don't you tell us about those? Um, well, 
You mean for me personally? No, I, I meant, you, know, uh, you have them on the or thing a- here. AARC actually yes. December 1st started the new ride season for AARC. So if you haven't renewed your dues, now is the time to do so. Okay. So that you can keep getting your Endurance News magazine every month and keep up to date on any of the new changes or rules that they've uh, put in place. Uh, that's the best way. And you can also go to aerc.org to look at the online calendar to find rides in your area or clinics if you're new and you want to come to an endurance uh, ride clinic to learn a little bit about that. And uh, um, other than that, uh, yeah, it's pretty I, quiet I, time of year at this point until um, the season starts here yeah, in Florida. Yeah, it kind of is, especially in the West region because we're in the middle of winter right now and the you know shorter daylight hours it doesn't give us a lot of time to ride unfortunately unless you know some of us are just diehards and we go out in any kind of weather regardless well, being that this is our last endurance episode of the year i wanted to thank all the endurance listeners who join in to with karen i want to thank karen also i want to thank you for being here again this year it's been a lot of fun i think this is our third year now that we've been doing this uh, also our sponsors that have been with us renegade since the beginning renegade foods has been with us since we started the endurance episode and also distance depot has been with us since almost the very beginning i think so we appreciate their continued support and we hope to have many more endurance we hope to continue in the endurance radio show here and in the manner of which it's named uh we hope to just keep going for another fifty thousand miles um here on the show (laughs) and uh thank you thank you so much for that karen we appreciate you being here Thanks, Glenn, and Merry Christmas to you and Jennifer. Yeah, and we wanted to mention tomorrow morning we have something a little different. Jamie is off. She's uh, traveling with her husband. They're taking a little break here. And we have Tanya Johnston coming on, who's a mental skills coach for top level of riders. And she's coming on to answer some listener questions about the mental side of riding. And we'll have a couple listeners on with us, and we have some other things. Victoria will be here from Horse and Country TV. She's going to be on for a couple more weeks, and then she'll be done having her baby. Uh, She'll be off to have her baby. So So we have a big day for you planned tomorrow and then Friday here in, well, then Thursday we have the trail episode with Alice. And then Friday uh, we have the the film crew coming back for that's doing the Messengers movie, the movie about podcasting. Uh, They're going to be coming back in the studio here with us. They need a little more footage. So, and one of my heroes in podcasting, Dave Jackson, who does, who runs the school of podcasting. He's been doing it longer than I have. And he's going to be here uh, joining the show. He's going to sit in on the show. He's always wanted to sit in on a Friday show. He listens, actually, to the Friday show, believe it or not, because of really bad ads. He loves really bad ads. So he's (laughs) going to join us and maybe read an ad or two for us, too. So we have a big week coming up the rest of the week. We're not done yet, people. We're not done yet. The year's not over yet. But for Karen, it is. Thank you so much (laughs) for joining us. We really appreciate it and for booking all the tremendous guests you've booked. Thanks. All right. That's it, everybody. Uh, Karen can be found at... Uh, my name uh, is the URL, KarenChatton.com. Lots of good information on there. If you're thinking about doing an endurance ride and starting it and you know diving in with both feet next year, go to her website first. There's a ton of reading on there about it. Uh, and then you go to the AERC and figure out which one is closest to you and start small. You know, Do one of the shorter rides. You don't have to dive in with 100 miles. Uh, or even just go volunteer because that's a great way to learn and, and see – you know, the procedures and to meet people and it, and it's fun. I mean, I'm still friends with the very first people I ever met when I started this sport, you know, decades ago. And, and so that's, 
you know, one of the the cool things about the sport is it brings everybody together kind of like a a big family, which might be a little dysfunctional at times, but (laughs) it's still like Like any other family. (laughs) And uh, yes, exactly. But it's, it's a lot of fun. And it's, it's, it's a good thing to get involved in just because it's so good, uh, you know, mentally and physically for you and for your horse. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow morning. We'll be talking a little bit about the mental side of riding.